Hey folks, this episode of the podcast is once again with Andrew Long and Vinny Macias, who recently worked on another single for Human Offline called Towards Darkness. It is that synthwave ambient gem that you've been hoping for this week as we enter, as we've already entered another lockdown. Uh, even though San Bernardino's safe, uh, LA's been acting up again. So uh, San Bernardino's back to dining outdoors and, you know, minimal blah, blah, blah. Maybe we'll be out of this soon. Who knows? We talked about that. We talked about music. We talked about what what we've been up to. Just kind of, you know, chewed the fat, chopped it up, that sort of thing. And I started the podcast this time. I usually do this, but it's not so dramatic I guess um we were having a great conversation I just hit record um five minutes in so while it seems uh choppy you catch in pretty catch on pretty quick so don't worry here is towards darkness and then we're hopping right into the conversation enjoy
mm-hmm. all the all the all the uh, things you can do with it. Whereas, like the people at Sound City, that, that this this famous world famous hole in the wall studio from the I believe it was the seventies. That is, it. So many bands, to name a few, Fleetwood Mac came mm-hmm. out of that. Um, Tom Petty came out of there. Nirvana's uh, uh, Nevermind. So many platinum-selling records have been recorded in this unassuming hole-in-the-wall place. But even that place was known for this this board, this soundboard that was there was only a, like four it was of a one. It was it like an, an SSL console? And it had this sound. Even the drum room, the drum room. This was this used to be a warehouse for some other for some other purpose. But what, but there's something about this drum room mm-hmm. that just gives this sound. It gives this mm-hmm. this character. Mm-hmm. Yep. But even they eventually f- hit this wall where there was suddenly this emergence of a thing called Pro Tools in this thing where you could you could easily edit your mistakes. You, or whereas back then you had to actually know your shit and mm-hmm. really be on it because it yeah. wasn't as easy to to rewind and let's do it again. Mm-hmm. This was all on tape, right? Um. So there is just like in in and Dave Grohl said it best on the on the on the uh, on the documentary. He's like, I miss when things force you to be on tape because you're hearing humans, you're hearing mistakes, mm-hmm. you hear the minor minor imperfections. He even talks about having to, the first time he had to play th- to a click track was on on. The, he's like, I don't like that as a drummer. <laughs> I I want you to hear the the fluctuation, but then playing to a click track, and we obviously understand like it's not bad. Like it's sent, there's a reason for the click track. We understand it, but. What he's getting at is like again, like there's this there's this feeling that we've lost. There's this mm. essence, this spirit, and that that I think is you know very important. And it's it's just kind of been lost because there's just so much available now. It's it's so overwhelming. I myself get like I don't even know what to, like how to focus on things anymore because there's so much. And that's a big thing in music too. Is you know like you said with Pro Tools and all these music applications, everything is quantized and it's you can edit any mistake, but yeah. A big trend right now in music is actually humanizing the music by mm. creating mistakes. You know, mm. like, um, and that means if I play like if I you know and the you know MIDI notes on a program, you you know like you play your piano and then you program the MIDI notes and then you can go in there and you can line them up on the grid and just in time. You know, very synced to a metronome to make sure it's perfect. But sometimes you want those little imperfections in there because you want to humanize the music, and. That's also one one thing a lot of musicians musicians now consider these programs to be. Um, they're not just a tool to like clean up audio and music. They're also um, a computer is an instrument. You know, I, I look at my my computer as an instrument because it's not it's not just a tool I use to like clean up my music and make everything perfect. Mm. You want imperfections. Like for example, uh, if you play a real hardware synthesizer. There, there's very little, um, it's called like pitch shifting, you know, like it's, 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 it's not perfect. You hit a note, it's not going to just be like a perfect C. You're going to hear a little drift in the pitch, mm-hmm. like a little wobbly sound, you know, mm-hmm. and to, you can recreate that in the digital synth. And that's one thing a lot of musicians do is they, they recreate that component of a hardware synthesizer. They try to make it sound like the pitch is just slightly off. Like it's not, it's not exactly yeah. in line. It's just slightly off. It's deviating. Um, and also drums too. You can, you can humanize drums. Like if I hit it, if I hit a snare a certain way, the second time I hit it, it's not going to sound as loud or as quiet. It's going to, it's going to be different. It becomes too mechanical and it just, it's not that it's not good. It just, it's, it's again, it's like when you go and see a lot there, there's always a reason why people say like, Oh, usually do these guys sound so much better live? Well, there's a reason for that because we're, 
we're not we're not a, we're not we don't have to define it but it's that human quality that we're hearing right. obviously it's very loud very full but we're still we're not hearing all the you know all the we're hearing all the imperfections in a way we're hearing the mm-hmm. fluctuation of all that the the i love that and that yeah it gets lost sometimes i feel like it's harder especially if you're like a live act you do a lot of live stuff and then when you have to go in the studio it's like the studio forces you to do stuff a certain way where it almost takes out the uh you know Essence. hearing uh, no because arcade fire is one of those bands that sound just as damn good on their on their albums but there's just certain bands that don't don't translate in the record like when you hear them live they're phenomenal it's because they they make it sound as perfect as they can on you know in the studio with all those programs like ableton logic pro tools take off the filters everyone embrace (laughs) embrace yourself you know i I, one thing i love too in in music is when i hear like live when i hear a singer's voice crack like yeah a lot of people think it's funny but when you hear when like when you're like belting like ah and you hear the voice you hear, you hear it crack just for like a split second yeah. that's that's such a human fucking it lets you know it's real it's a human emotion coming from their gut you know yeah. they're they they're screaming as loud as they can or whatever or singing as loud as they can and you hear that little crack that's so human and i love that and but in the studio they're like no cut that out you know you got to you got you have the perfect take and, everything and that I'm, takes away from the humanization of it yeah that's what i love about the one thing i love about the internet is it i think everything does just go in cycles every like the world of fashion the world of entertainment and what's good about there's people that understand this what we're talking about and they'll put these videos out on the web of like old performances and they'll explain like this is why this was so pure to hear his voice do this to hear that and so it with these new generations, it lets them understand that, that there was a time when like this was appreciated because of this. And so then I think that that eventually takes off, gains steam, and then and then it creates a whole new trend. Do you and ever feel people like will that? embrace that again, like the humanization, like like yeah, you know, again things just go in cycles. And do I, you ever I, feel like you're going to be the Grateful Dead of like the next fourth generation? They're going to look at us and be like, oh, they're like the Grateful Dead. I don't know, man. I I uh, I think a lot about about the future and where it's headed. And do you think music has me. like more like anything beyond music as a power? Like, do you think music- my album cover will be one of those things where if you stare at it, it like becomes a three D thing. Remember that's that? what. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping. No, <laughs> that's what I'm hoping for. Like, I don't know, man. Like, I, do you do you think do you think that what you create like stands the test of time? Maybe not politically but just because like just for the simple fact that it stands the test of time like it survives the beatles will always be absolutely i think about that all the time Are i think about i think about 500 years from now 500 years from now will even i think only the biggest acts will still be uh, i doubt but, it do you think do you imagine think, dragons is gonna make, i don't think imagine dragons the do you beatles think they're gonna last still, 500 the beatles years? will be just because mm. the beatles happen to be a group of guys that were in the right place at the right time with the right kind of sound uh, and the beatles are the beatles I think U2 will stand the test of time because they're still one of those bands that just are the biggest. Do you acts. like U2 beyond, over the Beatles? I know. I don't compare them. I don't like when people do that. People also go, oh, what about I feel U2 like, versus I feel Coldplay? Like, I'm like, dude, I feel like, you, just I feel like you were comparing them. That's why I asked. No, I, <laughs> I just compare them for just the fact that U2 is still one of those bands that can sell out the forum five nights in a row. Oh, for and sure. how many bands can I went to? Certain I recently went to a Smashing Pumpkins. I wish I recently saw the Smashing Pumpkins at at uh, the LA <gasps> Forum. They couldn't. They couldn't sell it out. Where? And that just goes to show you, like, here's four because old it's, guys. That, because it's Billy. But yeah. still, it's like how many bands can sell out arenas 
on consecutive nights. We're I will, watch, I will nights. watch all the Smashing Pumpkins. I think Muse can do that. Is Muse one of those new bands that can, can do that? Um, or are they... Because when we, we saw Arcade Fire, it was pretty much... Oh, that it was sold out. A, it was, yeah. but That was sold out for but sure. But if they were to do... I mean, you two did five nights in a row I sold on you, one of their tours, and it was sold, sold out every Smashing night. Smashing Pumpkins tickets, and I told you only Billy Corgan is showing up. Would you buy no. it? Nobody would show up, dude. No. He's only I, Billy Corgan. Uh, if yeah, Darcy got up. back but, in the band, and this uh-huh. is the crazy thing about people. The bass player, the original bass player, she's Darcy? been she's been out of the band since ninety four. The the new bass player has been in the band longer than she has been in the band. But if she were to come into the band, oh, it would be a huge it like, would sell more tickets. I don't know. That's just, just, I, I believe so. I, I believe, because if you want to even view U2's success still as a nostalgia, even though they don't, they don't like to be nostalgia, they still they are a nostalgic act for their generation. Mm-hmm. I feel like if Darcy came back, it would be a huge push. You think of any member of any band that's left that made them them. Like, I'm I'm geeking out because John Frashani's coming back to the Chili Peppers the third time, <laughs> and I cannot wait. Well, what, like, what happens with that, though, is like, when an old member comes back into the picture, then you get the older fan base who get excited because yeah. Nine Inch Nails, they do that a lot where uh, they had like seven years ago, they were going on tour and one of the, I think the guitarist dropped out of the tour of that lineup because what Trent Reznor does, Nine Inch Nails is two people. It's Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. And when they tour, he he always, uh, he, he the last 10 years, he's more or less kept the same lineup of, of bandmates. But he likes to bring in like maybe two or three new people or just make one person. But a good example is uh, the, their guitarist, Robin Fink. He was on um, the first, God, the first three albums, which are their biggest albums, you know, like Pretty Hate Machine, Downward Spiral, The Fragile. Yeah. Um, and then he kind of like, he, he actually left the band to go play with Guns N' Roses for a long time. And then he rejoined the band in 2008. And I, I feel like that does play a big role in getting an older fan base back into the picture. And also it excites the new fan base. Cause you're like, Oh shit, that's the guitarist that played on downward spiral. And that's my favorite record. And now he's yeah. going to be playing live with them. Like I'm going to hear, yeah. I'm going to hear certain hear characteristics. Everything. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm now I'm going to really know what it's like to hear that track live Man. with the original guitarist. Yeah, so Shawnee, I, it appeals to a, a, an audience for sure. For Shawnee was the key to the chili peppers, most successful albums. Like exactly. Like you said that guy was the key. Yes. So it, and it's, and then a band like you two, the fact that they've been the same members for 40 years just is like you almost just pre if you if you're a fan of the band you're just like oh my god it's so crazy like these these guys were all once just playing in a kitchen at one of their houses just yeah. four high school idiots and now look what they are so it's just like there's something that goes a long way when people you know you're like a fan of a certain band it's like you just you appreciate the I don't know those guys I've never had a conversation with them mm-hmm. but I just appreciate that level of dedication and and again like with the Smashing Pumpkins like like I, I didn't even think she was that exciting of a bass player, but she was just their original bass player. There's just yeah. something about they were all we, four weird looking people together, and it just made sense. <laughs> and like you just you appreciate she kept that. it. She she kept it kept it together for a while. Uh, it was largely a Billy Corgan thing. Like they Billy had a Corgan, bad falling well, out. James Eha, a yeah. really bad James falling Eha, out. James Eha, the recent interview when they did that last tour. Yeah, they hadn't talked in over almost sixteen. Oh, years. Oh yeah. But here's the thing. And now they're back. Billy in Corgan like a, was like, Smashing Pumpkins was like his band. Oh, absolutely. He he would record uh, other parts. Like, he like everything, parts. everything like, was his thing. It was. It was his like, band. And he had James Eha. He had Darcy Corgan. He had Jimmy Chamberlain. And it's like all the all of them were great. 
but like he was a James, it was all his project. He was a he was a he was a tyrant. Like look at yeah, but yeah, I'll I say he's, he's kind of a prick. I will he's say, kind of a prick, dude. but I will say yeah. melancholy <laughs> melancholy is probably one of my favorite double albums. And I'm talking oh, about it beat oh, Stadium Arcadium. Sure. It's beat uh, <laughs> it's beat uh, uh, the wall. Dark it's like man. I think I think Melancholy and Infinite Sadness is one of the greatest albums. Like there's not, oh Melancholy. Oh, yeah, it's a beautiful album. There's not one bad. Song I was in just the talking about album. it today. I was just saying that Siamese Dream is one of the one of the greatest. Oh, that's albums. a great album too. Let me tell you this. I uh, I was telling this story today too. Uh, freshman year. 2003, 2004, right? Yeah. Just walking out of gym class, walking out of PE in Altaloma High School. Walking out. As soon Wait as I minute. walk Wait out. Wait a minute. Stop. Mm. You and I went to the same school? You went to Altaloma? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so we were... What? Yeah. Dude, that's bizarre. I never saw you at all. I didn't and know maybe you Maybe I did, but I don't know. <laughs> I had a shaved head. I can tell you that. I had one for six years. I did years. not have a shaved head. Holy I had cow, a dude. Out of my we were in the same. The time. We were in the same universe. We didn't even know. Did you know? Do you Michael know? I'm Dunn? probably the only kid that missed his high school. You remember? Remember when you guys were all sitting in the stands taking the big class of 06? Oh, picture? I didn't do that. No. I wasn't there too. I went yeah. to class early. I went back to class, and when they told me, "Oh, they're taking the picture," I walked back to the uh, and they were they took the picture. I was like, "Oh, I'm not even in my my my." Uh, if you look at the class of 06, I'm not even there. I'm a. Uh, I walked into the auditorium as they were taking the picture. I was like, <laughs> "Ah, shit! Oops! Damn. I wasn't even there. No one would know." Fuck it, you don't need it. But that's cool. God, sorry, sorry. I just thought that dude. I didn't know you went oh, to Tuluma. No. no, but that's what were a you saying? Better story than sorry, I guys. Had. Let me hit the restroom for a second. Oh, do you think? Do you know where it is? Yeah. 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 Uh, so what was my point? I went to Altaloma. Yeah. And, uh, what's my initial point? You were going out of PE class. You're out of the gym. Oh, so I was walking out. Smashing pumpkins. I was literally walking out. I was like looking toward the pool, right? From the gym, from the gym, like locker rooms. I happened to see this CD on the ground. I looked down, I see the CD on the ground and it, it, it was titled, somebody wrote, with a Sharpie unknown on it. So I was like, Oh, so I look at it. I flip it over. It looks okay. Like it's not too scratched up. So I'm like, I take it home. Windows, uh, media player, whatever, (laughs) uh, recognizes it as a door by the smashing pumpkins. It's a good album. Right. Amazing album. So I was like, Oh, smashing pumpkins. I think I know who they are. So, like, I torrented. I pirated a bunch of their shit. Nice. Of, like, Melancholy and... I think Adore was, like, my... Ah, they're, they're, like, one of those bands where as they went further on, it's hard to defend. Like, but their early work was so pure. Oh, if you want to go everything up to Zeitgeist. Yeah. Zeitgeist was the one that, like... I was 18 mm-hmm. when Zeitgeist came out. Zeitgeist, uh, 06... And I was working at Juice It Up on, uh, you know, Rancho. You, you were uh, born and raised here. I was, right? I was you know born and raised here. I was conceived on a sidewalk. Remember Blimpies? Blimpies, I do. Do you remember Blimpies? The yes, sandwich shop? that sandwich shop that, that it uh, had such a cool name and a logo. I would have just kept it in business based off its logo. Yeah. It's so cool. <laughs> Blimpies. Well, it used to be next to Best Buy. Best Buy. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I used to work right next. I, I remember used that to juice work it up. at that yep. juice it up. And you I screwed went, up my order once. No, I'm kidding. Probably. 
I'm kidding. Well, do you remember Lauren? No. Like, I don't remember uh, anyone. Well, uh, well, so I, uh, when I was working there, that's when that, uh, that's when that uh, Smashing Pumpkins album came out uh, for Zeitgeist. Oh, wow. So I ran out after work. I and ran you out went to, to Best the, Buy. Oh, nice. Because I knew they would have it. They had the CD. So I went out and bought the CD. I got it. You used to be the the epicenter of uh, new releases back in the day at our old job, like because you worked on electronics, so you you were always in command of all the new release Tuesday, and it was oh you know, my god. And even back then, it was the exciting. Worst. Like pe- back then, people still went and for CDs and movies, and over time, I think that's kind of died off, like physical copies. Oh, I mean, yeah, I mean, everything now just gets shipped to your door. But yeah, I was I was the guy who every Tuesday morning would set up the new releases and. Uh yeah, that was a shit show. I think the biggest one <laughs> the entire time we were there. Sorry, we're going back to talking about this, but I never saw such a huge demand for things. I remember when the Wii came out, and that was a huge one for us. Remember, oh, when, yeah, remember yeah. When they were releasing the Wii? Yeah, and it was like it it like within the Lines first day, it, it within the first hour it was already gone. But mm. we had people, the customers, the entire day. Okay, I need two Wiis. Do you have two Wii? No, we're out. And then another person would go, I need a Wii. We don't have it. Every it's, fucking it's, second, it was like... Yeah, that was Wii? the Yo, highest Wii? demand product, I think, was like the Wii. And then we had those resellers come in with the tax-exempt cards. Which I called them the Wii sellers. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we had, and they try, they would try to bribe me with like gift cards to Starbucks. Yep. And I, I would like take them, but then I would like tell TPS, the the, the, secu- the internal security there, hey, uh, one of the resellers just gave me a fucking Starbucks gift card. <laughs> Cause like they would bribe you. You're not supposed to take them, but I always tell him no, 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 no. And then he would just like slide it to me. And I'm like, okay, fuck. So I put it in the drawer and I would tell target security because yeah, they're like, they're technically bribing you. Yeah. And they would come in and they'd like try to buy all the Nintendo DSs when those were a huge thing. And I'm telling you the Wii though, that, that the one, Wii was the that fucking one was just hottest unprecedented demand. Like people yes. were so excited for this damn console that it was just, there was a line every fucking morning outside the store, just waiting for one, just hoping we got them. But uh, and it's oh just, yeah, people would funny. wait for people would wait for like an hour yeah. only to come in and find out. Oh no, we didn't get it. We didn't get a truck today. Oh they, yeah. <laughs> or oh, we're out of stock still. And oh, can you check the back? I I did, and it, it's zero. <laughs> I did all I could. I yeah. Stop bothering. <laughs> can me you about call? This. Can you call like all the stores nearby and see mm. if they'll hold it for me? I'm like fuck no. Uh, that's can what you, you call. You got to call them. Yeah, yeah, that was the worst. And then I think no, my 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 least favorite thing about working at Target were were people like you know at the electronics booth. You've seen those tiny little counters, mm-hmm. like fifteen items max. Not even fifteen, like ten items. Mm-hmm. You get people who didn't want to wait in line at the front. They'd come to the back of the store with a cart full of groceries, filled to the fucking rim, overflowing. Some mom pulling up with like cans of soup and gogurts and fruit gushers <laughs> and just fucking ridiculous <laughs> shit. And she's like, can you bring me up here? I'm like, no. She's like, why not? I'm like, look at this counter. Like, I'm like, I, see how fucking small it is? And I don't have like a belt. I have a, I have a, 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 like, a like a scan gun. Yeah. I got to scan everything one at a time, lady. <laughs> And so there were, there were times where I would do it just that being nice and there's like no one back there. <laughs> but it was every time I would say yes, of course a line would form of like people asking for wheeze mm. <laughs> or, or shit we just don't have. And that was my least favorite thing I remember, about working there. I remember at, when you were there, the display counter with all the cameras. So surrounding you, surrounding <laughs> the cashier was all these expensive cameras. And they just released, yes. they, they, they had these new line of DSLRs. And I remember they had them on display and I thought, 
well, wait, are you guys aren't taking a security measure on those lenses? And they're like, what do you mean? It's just as they were setting them up. I was like, well, I can literally come up to the camera, push this button, twist the lens off, and it's mine now. And they kind of just brushed it off. They didn't care. And I was like, dude, anyone that knows these cameras and doesn't see a, like a, like a, they don't like, see that button. I'm like, moment. anyone that knows DSLRs is going to, and dude, I swear to you, within like a week, I remember coming to, to work, one of them was gone. <laughs> so then they eventually had to put this countermeasure, this yeah. thing to restrict you. But I was like, dude, I told you guys, anyone that knows those For the record, knows the one that was gone was not taken by you. No, no, but it was, <laughs> it was a shitty kit lens. But I had it, to install those. <laughs> I had the key to it was a shit. It was probably a shitty kit it, lens. But it doesn't matter. Yeah. It was the fact of like, dude, I told you guys, if anyone that knows this, it's as simple as screwing it off, put it in their pocket, and it's gone. you got to have a security measure because... Those lenses aren't locked. I remember there was some fucking movie with like uh, Will Smith and all these other fucking people. iRobot. It wasn't iRobot. It was like he was part of like a hustling group. It was like a group of like fucking Fresh hustlers. Prince? No, it's no, like fairly <laughs> We're like we're like they're like part of like this hustling group, right? I don't like, know. I don't know his discography. Uh, discography is so, filmography. Filmography. Come on, get out! I know Independence <laughs> Day. I, I, for him, he started for me at, at Independence shit. Day and then went to Wild West and then not did. not <laughs> Wicked Week Wild Wild West. Hey, that's a, <laughs> hey, hey, that's a fun movie. I it don't is. care what anyone says. The soundtrack's great. You can watch. I dare anyone to watch that movie and not smile. It's fun. Oh, it's a great movie. It's, a fun uh, movie. it's shunned it's today. Not but. as good as. Oh, it's shunned. But it's still a guilty pleasure. Who's it shunned pleasure. by? Like every film Who's critic. I don't by? care who anyone says. Every it's a shunned critic. movie. I, I loved it when I was a Get kid. Get the fuck out I of here. Can That's watch, a solid movie. If you want to have a movie night and watch old crappy movies, I'm so down. Because this is my favorite. Like, if what you consider old crappy movies is Wild Wild West, I think I'm in good company. Okay. <laughs> Excuse me. Wiki Wiki. So we'll, watch, yeah. West. <laughs> so we'll watch Wild Wild West. And then we'll watch. Okay. So we'll watch Wild West. And then we'll follow it with Con Air. If you throw. Con Air. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, guys. And then oh, Gone, no, is, I've gone in no, 60 I've seconds. Really Just Nicolas Cage's accent on that movie is enough. If you, if you throw it out with some like early Robert, Robert Redford movie. I have a problem. Oh, Jesus. If you want to talk about Con Air, I'll, yeah. I'll watch Con Air all day. I love Con Air. Con yeah. Air's a solid fucking movie. Yeah. Have you guys seen Mandy yet? Mandy? No. And yeah. Nick Cage? I dated that. a I'm Mandy a huge Nick Cage. It's insane. Please. <laughs> you know which don't, film I just... Don't, wa- it's don't on rent Amazon, it. I think. Buy it. 8mm with Nicolas Cage. Oh, that movie sucks, dude. Oh, but it's so entertaining. No, it sucks ass. No, it's we wa- We watched it like two months ago. I, I oh, thought it was going to be a crazy snuff film movie. And it's it was not, such a letdown. It, it devolves because it was directed by uh, Joel Schumacher, who did Batman yes, and Robin. And, yes, but I still think that movie is so entertaining on the fact that it's not what you want it to be. It was, <laughs> <laughs> so, so what you're saying is it's false advertising. <laughs> yes, it's false dreaming. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hey, 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 there's the there's plug. plug. It's so ridiculous, but that's what's fun about it. It's it's no, it's, I don't, yeah, I mean, it was it was entertaining up until the end. When it kind of spirals out I of control. I can totally agree with you, but I still, for some reason, like, when I watch those kind of movies, I know what I'm getting myself into, so I appreciate it for that. Like, yeah. I won't judge a movie like Con Air because yeah. that movie is horrendous. It has some of the worst editing, and I don't even... I never watch a movie for, like, there's a certain editing that happens. For anyone listening, watch the death of what's-his-name's character. Um, <laughs> Spoiler alert. Who's Cyrus? John Malkovich. John Malkovich. His entire death. The virus. His entire death in that, the continuity of the editing and it it is so horrendous, but it's I love it. I I don't watch it for its mistakes. I just I just embrace the fact that it must have been a hell of a ride to film to make. That must have been a fun movie set to be in. 
So when I watch uh, that, I can't imagine. About From like John Cusack's point of view, probably. But like, oh, fun movie. <laughs> they just don't make movies like that. Anymore. Okay, guys, we're gonna make a movie about a, a bunch of prisoners being uh, transported and the solid be- fucking movie though, right? Like I. I agree. The like, 90s was, was the death of the movie. high concept. After that, con- like the, the high concepts are gone. Like oh original God. ideas. Like Trek Christopher fan? Nolan does the high concepts, but they're very cerebral. Like, I can't... Oh, man. I admit, like, any any Christopher Nolan film I watch, my head pulsates oh, because that, it's gotta... so much... Uh, I don't know. No, I just, I just watched, I, like what you're saying, I just watched Interstellar again. I, I have a tradition, like, uh, every, every month, there's, like, a movie I love to watch one time a year. In November... I watch two movies. It's it's usually Scott Pilgrim. I don't know why. Like I like watching it like in cold weather. But yeah. Scott Pilgrim versus the world. That and movie then, always reminds me when I first joined the band. Me that dude, was, it, that was a huge. That movie, I, I love that movie so much because like number one, Edgar Wright's my favorite director, and number two, it was it was during a time where we were kind of in a similar position as the band in that movie, yeah. where like they're an up and coming band trying to like you know make it, and they're playing random gigs and they're playing shitty gigs. You know, um, and they have a really raw garage sound. And that's exactly what we were going through in Jetpacks. And I feel like I resonated so much with those characters because we were <laughs> nice. We were, we were also we were also very um, they were we were like in that same age range, too, when that movie came out. So I just I connected with those characters so much. But going back to Interstellar, um, we we watched or I watched it again and I I feel like that's that was probably like the sixth time I've seen it and I finally fucking understand that movie after watching it six times because there's it's there's so many layers and so many details and the plot is so challenging that when it's over I was like okay I can, I can finally kind of piece everything together and it, it's cohesive to me you know but another film I don't know if you've seen it uh, Tenet did you see Tenet I've yet to. It's coming out soon. It's coming out in like two weeks. It's been such a weird year that it was like released. Yeah. Like on on the outskirts of some theaters, but I didn't have a chance to watch it, but I want to watch it. I'm going to buy it. I'm not going to rent it. You you did like it? I didn't see it. I haven't seen it. Oh, I I, heard it. I heard, I heard like in terms of, uh, it was his most challenging, uh, in terms of like, he really, he really tried to up the bar because he's not really an action director. He doesn't really shoot action the way most people do, which is fine. Most, what's that word? Um, not challenging. His most ambitious movie because yes. of, of the scale of where he filmed. We're talking about Tenet, Chris Nolan's Tenet, his last movie that came out. I didn't see Tenet, but I know Chris Nolan. Yeah, Tenet. It comes out on, on digital and home release in like two and a half weeks. And I'm just telling Vinny, like, I, I, cause I'm i a huge fan of Nolan. He's like, I was just telling him. Uh, oh, his ago. Batman series was uh, the best I've ever seen. Oh, fucking amazing. I but hate all, of, all have other Batman series. Warner so Brothers. Yeah. Warner Brothers has been included. releasing oh, yeah. uh, make the making of documentaries on their YouTube channel. They've been like uploading all these great documentaries. Yeah, and they have one. It's a three parter <laughs> on on the Dark Knight series, on the Batman. Oh, I have to watch that. And I'll send you the no link, idea. dude. Please. It's literally like an hour and a half of them talking in detail about Christopher Nolan being this 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 director that was going to take the helm, and they were kind of unsure of like, is this guy going to deliver? And it, dude, it just goes into detail on all three films. You'll love it. I'll send you it. Please but Warner do. Brothers has been doing a great job on uploading all the the, the behind the scenes of all their well known movies. Yeah, man, I I, I love no. Uh, there's something about Nolan's um, his pacing. His pacing of his films is what like really gets me. And then you know the pacing of like Inception, like that movie is just 
it's so layered, but the way it just the way it's paced throughout is such an emotional journey. And I think Interstellar is definitely he's his most a, emotional he's the only, movie. A lot into short moments. He's the only director oh, yeah. to get away with high concepts right now. Like no one else, because let's face it, all his movies are high concepts and they don't have sequels other than the Batman's. But mm-hmm. nobody, nobody in Hollywood, especially, wants a standalone film. They want to go. Oh, reboot! Well, how many movies can we make off yeah. this one idea? Franchise, all that shit. That's the trend now, unfortunately. It's like, how long can you sustain an idea or uh, uh, you know, a plot uh, from a film? And how far can we stretch it? How much money can we milk out of merchandise and like branching out to yeah. TV? Like Marvel, they, they, they were so smart to build this universe for 10 years, and now they're like doing TV shows. Mm-hmm. They're branching out the story to other well, mediums. Star Wars is gonna, Star Wars is going to have a movie for every single character ever conceived by george lucas there's going to be a whole stupid. story it's oh i feel like they, they stopped that because because of the solo movie they'll even flopped. do a, they'll even do a movie uh, sorry star wars geeks i never but saw it they'll yeah. even do a movie on that 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 weird thing in the sand with the teeth that they fall into on. <laughs> the sarlacc pit is that oh, what it's called sarlacc. They'll, they'll even yeah. do a, they'll they're gonna e- find they're gonna do a whole movie that revolves around this stagnant thing in the desert yeah, the sarlacc the f- used to be a human the, being the fucking uh the beginning sarlacc the beginning like or like pig. you know that little fucking weird creature that sits with jabba the hut he's like <laughs> oh yeah that, that, that guy that. they're gonna have a fucking movie for him they'll have <laughs> that yeah born, born and raised out of padua hills yep. like, yeah <laughs> oh, uh, basically a whole movie of how he became subservient to jabba the hut yeah like, he just became like i'm willing to be your servant like, Did you ever see that picture of of, uh, of uh, George Lucas? Like he's like holding a lightsaber or something. He look, <laughs> he looks so sad. He just looks like. Mm. And behind him are the Disney characters, like Mickey Mouse holding a lightsaber oh, and geez. Minnie Mouse. How long a ago was this? Was this? Uh, like... This was in the beginning when Disney okay. first bought the the Star Wars franchise. So, but we're talking what, about like four, five years, four to six years ago. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy that since uh, then they've they've just. So he looked so sad. Yeah, because he knows he knew. I think he he knows what's going to happen. He's very rich now. He he had his four billion dollars now. But uh, what is four billion dollars worth when your vision is worth a million (laughs) dollars? You know. But it's fun. It's funny now because people look back at the prequels that he did, you know, and and from like ninety nine to two thousand five, you know, people are starting to say the prequels are better than I, the new trilogy that they put I, out in the last five the thing, years. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. People I, people hate. Uh, people. Everybody loves the original three. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. Three yes. to six. One to three. Everybody's like, eh. but they like them better than I uh, do. Seven to uh, ah. ten. I don't care. Yeah. About yeah. I, 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 I think honestly, they're better I too. Care about the second one. The Episode one and episode three, I actually enjoy. For they were. They uh, I love Revenge of the Sith. The man. first one, uh, uh, come on, uh, Menace. What's it called? Phantom uh, Menace. Phantom Menace. Yeah, solid movie. Loved mm-hmm. it. I, I was, think it's great. I was, Slow but good. I was. I was Let's twelve about years it. old. The seventh when one. Out, so yeah. like the I seventh like, one played it extremely safe by basically redoing episode four. <sighs> beat Kinda. almost beat for beat. The eighth one was what the fuck. And then the ninth uh, one was just an overindulgence in like the, the I fan just, fan uh, what's it I called just, fan dude, service it's fan service I've yeah, honestly fan just service. fan service yep. yeah, I've just backed out yeah. yeah. I honestly don't, don't make them mad again been, <laughs> if, if four five and just six would have been the only ones I think anyone would now looking now back everyone would just be content if it was just this unfinished four five and six that's it 
because uh, it's been uh, no, so it's ravaged. More, it, it's it's really more complicated than that. I think it's very complicated, I, I, I but it's only going to get me up on it's that, only going to get more complicated because now it's going to get it's well. Just, it's gonna be this vortex of just well. It's already it already is that vortex of that. Yeah. That's the problem. It's it's already that vortex of Disney bought the rights to Star Wars and a galaxy. Damn it, all of it. They bought a galaxy. They bought all of it. Yeah, <laughs> they bought an they bought an reality. entire canon of. It's like uh, okay, you know, so I, gonna, you know, there's eventually gonna be a moon. That's that's gonna have Mickey ears in the sky, and we're gonna be like, "Oh, it's a full Mickey tonight." Oh, hundred percent. Did you did you realize? <laughs> Look at that! It's a full Mickey. Oh, check like this you out. were texting me earlier about the moon rising, which was amazing. But you're you, it, twenty years from now, people are like, "Oh my god, did you see? It's a full Mickey right now." Go oh, outside. Check this out. About it's ten a full Mickey. Years, about ten years ago. <laughs> about ten years ago, Coke wanted to put their logo on the moon. Really? They were trying to figure out how to oh, do. That's sick. That's they disgusting. were trying to figure out how to project. The, their image on the moon they couldn't figure out how to do it uh um they just couldn't do it fucking impossible uh it no it's possible they just couldn't do it yeah it's like totally possible uh, they just jeff bezos can do it it's just it's expensive jeff bezos has enough money to put the uh, he could put the amazon little smile icon on the yeah could you could you fucking imagine every time you look at the moon you see the (laughs) fucking smile (laughs) i would blow that shit up Every fucking time. Well, well, I was talking, I, again, yeah, harking I, back to when we were talking about stuff 500 years from now. Like, yeah. we're not going to be able to see this. But, dude, eventually there will be real estate on the moon, which there is now. 100%. That people are going to claim property of. And, like, this is my patch of the there moon. There will be real estate on the moon within our lifetime. Mars. Mars will be the same way. You I want to go to Sidonia. Sidonia will be. Sidonia. We're like, going to fuck Mars up. I'm, I'm calling it right now. We're going to fuck it up. Just like we fucked up our planet. Sidonia. We're, we're going to get greedy over there. We're going to go over there. We're going to fucking frack. We're, <laughs> we're going to start. We're going to frack Mars. It's going to be and, a different kind of fracking, yeah. though. What kind of fucking, what kind of like element can we find on Mars to monetize on Earth? That's well, how so it's going to be. On the yeah. moon, it's helium-3. The, big, the biggest thing is, is right. helium-3. And on, on Mars, moon. apparently, we have, we have uh, oxygen below the surface. The only way we can actually terraform Mars is uh, when we get there, which in, in six years is when SpaceX is trying to uh, you know, send the first humans to Mars, which is, by the way, a one-way ticket because mm. they don't know how to send them back yet. Um, to Isn't send... that crazy enough that they, do... they yeah. know how to get you there? They don't know how to get you back. Exactly. <laughs> and you got to be really brave to go on that journey because Elon Musk has even admitted that there's a chance you will die on the way there because it's gonna, oh, it's going to take two to three years. You will years. likely die on the way there. If you make it, yeah. you will die there. Yeah. You, you will not die on the way back. First off, we have to send you in a vessel that will sustain like your life. Miles. Yeah, it's two. I think it's a two and a half to three year journey just yeah. to get from Earth to Mars. Yeah, and that's assuming best you, conditions. Right, that's assuming you're in the best conditions. You've had the be, You've had all the training you need, mm-hmm. and you're gonna go into cryo sleep for X amount of time. And who knows? It's how only long. a couple of months. All, yeah, that, that's only a couple of months. And it's also yeah. it's also the the psychological aspect of being in space and only having you know inches of steel between you and nothing. Mm-hmm. And once that is compromised, you're dead. You're gonna get sucked out into space, and you're gonna die a fucking painful, quick death. Oh yeah, you know. And the fact that you have to overcome that mental barrier of like, I'm awake now. I have a year until I get to Mars, and I had to fucking survive and eat shit out of a tube in this tiny space with these fucking people that I hate. You know, like how are you <laughs> going to? Su- 
Everyone could think of human beings are not going to survive that journey. Yeah, I'm being really pessimistic about it, but I'm also trying to like be realistic because. Like, Here's yeah. the thing. What are those people listening to, though? They're listening to your music. They're not listening to Elvis. Yeah, exactly. They're listening to what you gotta say. They're gonna they're gonna listen to fucking Slayer the whole way there and just get pissed <laughs> off and filled with rage. But I don't think we're gonna make it, dude. Because you gotta you gotta go through years of not physical training, but like psychological training. You don't you don't think we we as a species like not you and I, but like humans. No. You don't think we've got the humans have got that covered? I don't have no. that covered. I can't. I I cannot pass the tests, the psychological tests of going to Mars. There's no fucking way. I will never pass those tests. And that's I don't know about you, but No, I, I don't think I would either. I, I would not. I would probably hang for a bit until I I realize I'm floating into a, a an abyss of uh, I'm I'm floating in a vacuum of space right now, and the only thing between me and the inches of steel that will guarantee instant painful death is six other human beings that may or may not f- fucking kill me but from going crazy on this journey. Mm-hmm. I, I do not think the first human beings that go to Mars will make it. They're going to kill each other. They're going to get greedy. They're going to get, you know, they're just going to go crazy. And then someone's going to do something stupid or fuck up and kill everyone on the way there because human beings guy? are fucking flawed. Are you a sci-fi guy? Yeah, of course. What do you like? What do you like recently? What are you watching? Movies? Yeah. TV shows. I just watched Underwater. Have you guys have you guys heard of Underwater with no. uh Chris? it's 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 like aliens but in it's it's in the Mariana Trench. Ooh. Ooh. I don't want to spoil it. Ooh, but interesting. In the last So it's aliens but it's in the Mariana aliens? Trench. It's and like it get the, the movie dude, yeah, the movie fucking gets started 2 minutes in. It just shit just goes off 2 minutes into the movie. There's no build up, there's no like 30 minutes of character exposition or establishing setting or you know they plot don't have the, uh, they don't have the inciting incident that happens on page 15 yeah. <laughs> let me ask you guys this let me ask you guys this do you guys have hbo no do you have hbo no so now no, you have I'm to try, i've been to, trying to watch uh, curb it's on okay so get a free you can you can download hbo max for free for like 30 days just do it oh no i'm gonna do it just yeah. do it uh, guys please and if you out there listening to this podcast if you have hbo watch underwater i guarantee you <laughs> It is one of the most intense movies I've ever seen. Oh, I'm totally done. And yeah. it's 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 such it, I t- everything gets started two minutes in, mm-hmm. and in the last twenty minutes, you're gonna you're, you the thing you're looking at, you're gonna be like, yeah, that's what I think it is, and I, I can't say what it is because mm. I'll ruin it. It's a squid, isn't it? No. Yeah. <laughs> it, when you, once you see it, you're gonna be like, is that? It's a smart <gasps> squid. That's fucking it. It's yeah. it's like the first movie to uh, that I've seen that features if this. It's, if thing. it's a smart tuna, I'm gonna be very Ooh. upset. Please, please watch it. <laughs> so uh, yeah, but is it in the same vein as like Cabin in the Woods? Ah, no, 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 no. Yeah. It's Whoa. it's so no? it's it's a horror movie. It's a sci-fi but horror it's real. movie. Okay. It's like totally so we'll keep true. It there. It's really intense, yeah. and it's we'll it's it it, the music is great. Like the acting is great. It's, it's no just, ironic it's cool pullbacks. Movie. Like uh. no, it's not. It's not cliche. It's it's just a really. It's a really intense, really cool movie that I've never seen before. Makes speed look like a ride to grandma's house. It, yeah, it looks like a ride to your aunt's house on a Sunday. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm in, dude. But yeah, it's going back to sci-fi. I love um, like Terminator 2 is my favorite movie. Are you not a Trekkie? No, I'm not Trekkie. I like the new movies that they've been doing with J.J. Abrams, but like I don't, Damn. I don't watch the shows. Um, even like Star Wars, I'm just a casual fan like i'm not i don't read the comics or anything what is the hardest sci-fi you go to 
the hardest hardest what's like, your hardest drug man what's the sci- uh, what's the man. sci-fi that you're like all in on dragon heart that i could talk about forever yeah terminator Terminator. The, okay. The Terminator. Let's talk about Terminator. Terminator, dude. I could go. I I I have read the I'm, comics. I'm, I'm, I've I'm done all that. I'm pro Skynet. Like, uh, don't get me wrong. I don't like. I'm pro Skynet. I think. So if you were, if you were to, if you had to choose between fighting against Skynet or or adapting fighting to with Skynet, Skynet um, is I think it, isn't be, Skynet uh, Skynet? Imagine Google. No, but isn't Skynet five G? <laughs> 6G. I think Skynet. <laughs> yeah, I think they're like. Oh, 10G. Matrix. I also love. I, yeah, the mate, the Matrix, the Matrix well, series, and Terminator. Oh, my two okay, biggest. Okay, let's talk about the Matrix. Did you see the Matrix? You saw the. Matrix. I have. I'm sure you. But seen I, the Matrix. I only like the, the first. I like the. Uh, I could watch the second one. But. I think I'm okay with the Matrix. Like if, if the best they gave me. They used to give us perfection, right? Like, oh, you want to live in the matrix? You want to be? Yeah, yeah. Oh, like, you don't want to cano- wake up. You want to be in the matrix? Well, canonically, like in the matrix, well, we are in the matrix. They to them. they tried to give humans the best that they could have. And yeah, humans didn't like it because you're living in a simulation and you don't know it. Well, and they gave a, they they gave humans like the perfect situation and humans right. didn't like it, so they said, okay, we have to give you struggle. We mm-hmm. have to give you problems. So they gave they gave humans like a regular life, right? Yes. And they gave them Tinder. <laughs> they really, have you ever been on Tinder? Huh? Have you ever been on Tinder? Yeah, it's miserable. Oh, you want? Oh, let's talk about Tinder. That's a whole sci-fi. If you want to talk about hard sci-fi, <laughs> we went from Tinder. Terminator to Matrix to Tinder. Well, they, they all they all start they all start. Well, the Terminator Tinder they all start with the T's. Yeah, yeah, in a way. Never mind. But I think Skynet's in, in charge of. How did how did you like? T- <laughs> I have never been on any of that because I, I and, Victoria and, and I started and dating. Because you have something called a physical relationship. Oh, you you were lucky. <laughs> yeah, and you lived a life outside of. Uh, yeah, I tell anyone. Our, our, I tell. Well, anyone. I, I met my fiance ten years ago, and, and then ten and we, years ago. Yeah, yes. we've known each other for ten years. Holy but shit. We've, we've been we've been together for eight, but we, we you barely escaped MySpace. Yeah, yeah. Congratulations, but we yeah, I, honestly, again, congratulations. Buddy, I, <laughs> I I'll be honest with you. I, I always in the back of my mind, I'm like, man, I wonder when they're gonna like when when they're gonna finally like because you wait, guys, Vinny, you, did they, you know? This no one about could be them? more. No one could be more two peas in a pod than like you and Victoria. You guys share the same dark humor. You guys just have it, it, it's just a perfect coexistence. You honestly like you made it. Yeah, which is a rarity. I I, I never had to go. We Victoria. I'm not talking shit. I'm honestly like impressed. That thank you. you yeah, like, we you, you did it without. Like that's. Awesome. I found someone just as fucked up as I am. <laughs> they <laughs> and, are, and it's wonderful. They have the same humor, the same, you know. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's great, and and so he's he's fortunate enough to be that select few of people that have been able to retain a long term relationship and bypass the cesspool that is, <laughs> especially in COVID times. Yeah. Although Vinny and I have uh, much to discuss. Well, there's <laughs> on one. There's there's one exception. Yeah. There was um before I was. Before we were dating, it was when I was single in like 2011. It was li- like when I was living in Hollywood. I I did try out one of those apps. I don't even know if it's still around. It's called OkCupid. Oh yeah, is it still yeah. around? Yeah. I don't. I, I was like, on it for like maybe a month, and I just I was just like it's talking. called OK Stupid. Okay. Stupid. <laughs> for frosted, right? Well, it's for Tinder for ugly people. That's well, if you want to talk really? about if you want to talk about, uh, I'll share this right now because just out of sheer frustration, uh, my buddy. We uh, we decided he he did this a long time ago because he was frustrated with the app. He's like, I'm not getting any responses, and it and it would piss him off. It was off. a rough one. So yeah. he 
he created, and I, I wanted to witness this in person, he, we created a fake account, mm-hmm. a girl's account. We created a fake account just to see within how long we would be inundated with a crap ton of A girl's account? You catfished. We did it as an experiment, but it was absolutely insane. Within minutes, we were already getting just just how many dick pics did you get it wasn't that but it was just hey baby yo yo it's just it was miserable (laughs) and i go no wonder people like you don't even get a chance like even if you are genuine you don't even get a chance because it's just it's just so it's so it's so bad well now you kind of see how what they have to go through oh what women have to go through on those apps totally that that's why that's why you did it because it was all that wanted to, to to see that but it was it was really bad but it's it's terrible, dude. It's it's uh, that's that's why I miss going out because I would much rather meet someone in person. Did and... you meet people out? Like, did you like when you went out? When you went out to shows? When you went out to whatever? Did you were you uh, better off meeting? A, I think uh, I'll be honest uh, with you. At that time, I wasn't. Uh, <laughs> at that time, I wasn't. Uh, what, what's trying? The, no, no, no. I I wasn't trying basically. So yeah. it I. But now, even at this time where it's like, you know what? I do want to put myself out there more and I do want to try. It's like, dude, it's it's miserable. Like, it's like people are so cut off oh, now. Man, it's just so weird. weird. You, you know? you, wait, so you've been in a relationship 10 years. Yeah. 10. No, no, no. So we, we met we met 10 years. I've known her for 10 years, but we've been dating for eight years. And okay, we've been engaged. Enough. We we got engaged you missed, a month ago. You missed Tinder. I missed we well we both <laughs> you missed all of we it. both you missed, we got together I, I don't think right plenty before of fish is older than that. yeah so plenty of fish was around I remember um that was that was one that was around I think but they're, I was they're on one of the originals they're yeah. they're there with like uh uh all the uh, what's the originals like uh, me, oh, me, okay no, no, Cupid no, no, uh, oh no uh E Harmony and all those E Harmony yes uh, oh no what was the early one uh no Tinder I guess Tinder fuck book. There. Yeah. For, for <laughs> Facebook, <laughs> well, Tinder innovated the whole swipe right, swipe left feature. That was their thing. That was their thing for sure. And then Bumble came out and said, "We'll give women the first move. They have to make the first move," which is so great because all they say is, "Hey." Oh, that was solid, and that just depressed me even further because <laughs> I got not a single swipe. No, I did. I'd get you get responses, but all they say is, "Hey." Oh yeah, so oh, really? I have to strive on all my the complaints. End. I have all to strive the on my end to be really creative. Yeah, but yet all you have to go is hey. no. All their complaints was all the men. All all the men say is hey, and that's not enough. <laughs> I need more. I don't want to keep you. going out this hole. No, this is terrible. Let's get out of here. No, we gotta <laughs> go back to Mars. <laughs> <laughs> Are we okay? So we're man, Andrew. I don't know. I don't know, man. No, I, you you got lucky, dude. You 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 I met found somebody. Someone. You met somebody you love, and yeah. you yeah. got to like engage, like literally yeah. engage with them. I Vinny found and someone. I had to, and it's there's not like Vinny and I have to like elaborate roll on the goddamn just, dice every five. It, you know, my months. brother married his high school sweetheart, so he he met he knew someone since high school. Yeah, that's my like, high school sweetheart. Him. We um, I I think she lives in Oregon or Washington. I oh. I don't even know. I have no idea. Yeah. But it's just tough now because now with COVID, it's just like you just can't go out. And then when you do, it's just there's so many restrictions now. It's just not the same. I don't, yeah. I don't really enjoy it. But it's like, what are you supposed to do? Um, well, I yeah, don't know, buddy. It's tough. But I, all I say is uh, just keep a positive. Uh, no, I don't want to say that because that just sounds like some cheap, shitty uh, infomercial. Like I'm trying to sell you something. 
Um, I, have, I have one thing. I have one piece of advice to give you guys. Please, and it's please. Not, I'm not. It's not dating advice or anything, but it's just something of a guy. No, whatever it is. A, a guy I once knew, who passed away nine years ago. He told this to me a year before he passed away, but he said to me, "The best relationships come to you when you least expect it," and that. That I need was, more, dude. What's that? I need more. You need more? No, yeah. keep going. That's it. That's <laughs> keep it. Going. Going. No, no, keep no. going. No. That's what he told me. He said, uh, the best ones happen to you. Because I, I think at the time... So what you're saying is perfectly transcribable to the idea of like, if you're going on a dating app, you're truly trying to lock someone down. Yes. And what he's saying is, the best opportunities are actually right by right there. And it's whether or yes. not you want to actually see yes. that. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you try, if you try really, really yeah. hard, and 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 this isn't like dating advice, but it's just you know from my experience. But um, I was going through a breakup during that time, and you know it was a pretty like it's a pretty toxic breakup. You know, mm-hmm. it was, things didn't end well. But he he was kind of like helping me get through it by telling me that like the best relationships come to you when you least expect it. And he was he he couldn't be any more correct mm. because you know like something yeah i met i met victoria and it, it just everything kind of just happened when i least expected it to i'm not the kind of guy to like sleep with someone and then just uh you know like stop talking to him or like you know cancel now my life i like i like having like I oh, you're to, a good person it ha- yeah i mean basically mm-hmm. like i like I, things have to like build up to that i can't just like meet someone i, I get tinder i could never do that I just can't. I, Makes I mean, no sense to you. I would like. I would go on there to like talk and meet someone and get to know them and and gradually start dating them. But I just I'm not the like the one nightstand guy. I'm just not. I, I love I love connections. That, don't you feel just? Don't you feel like that's the majority of like? Well, honestly, online dating is basically uh, people wanting to direct people to their Instagram and shit. Yeah. Uh, eventually. Don't yeah. you notice that? Like yeah. the minute I see someone that just says, oh, "I don't really talk on here that much. Just follow me on here." It's like, oh. Oh yeah. It's, but it's also, fuck out. me. Uh, I don't know about yeah. that. Yeah. And that I just see it. It's just now been it. All the intentions for I think online dating started with good intentions, and then unfortunately, just like everything, it got oversaturated. It was like you hmm. know. It, well, like, I don't like think, you said, I honestly don't think I don't think <laughs> online dating in the nineties was the same as it is now. Because now it's just like there's just so much. Uh, I don't know. I like, sounds, no, you're right. It almost sounds too cynical, but I it agree. is though, dude. No, but I agree with it. Like oh. it's 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 well, people have like ulterior motives. You know, they go on they go on yeah. Tinder to like meet people, but also to network. You know. Like, uh, like, like, if I, if, if I, if I were, if I were a musician and I, I, I match with like someone who works at a label, you bet your ass I'm going to, I'm going to want to meet them and hang out and, and try to like hook up with them to try to like go and have, have my other secret goal go somewhere. I mean, mm. I'm not saying that's what I would do, but like, that's, that's what I'm pretty sure most Well, but people, if you have the opportunity to, if, if I found out like a record exec, yeah. Was on Tinder and she matched with me. You fucking bet your ass I'm gonna want to go out on a date with her and what get to know only her. What about OnlyFans? OnlyFans. Oh, yeah. what, I don't know much. Okay, I, what I know if, what that uh, is. What if uh, uh, Tiesto's OnlyFans is is, is topping right now? <laughs> <laughs> you hopping on Tiesto's OnlyFans right now? <laughs> no. Just to just to make a scene. No. Just to make a moment. Make I, a I don't. I don't even fucking like Tiesto. I think his music shit. 
You don't have honest. to like Tiesto. You just like to you have to like what he's doing. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. He's he, Tiesto is a great DJ. My cousin's opening up for Tiesto. No way. Yeah. Yeah. He he dude. He he's actually a fucking pioneer in the EDM world. I, I, I have no that. idea. Like when it comes to EDM, I have no if, fucking if clue. If Tiesto was a fast food joint, which one would he be? He's Let's Burger King. Right? No, he he'd be he'd or be McDonald's. He McDonald's? He'd be McDonald's because he's, McDonald's? he's been around for he's been a long he's been around for a long time okay. and he's only gotten better. And he's he's such a huge he's like I think he is like the biggest DJ in the world. Okay. And as far as like legacy goes, he's got his uh, got his residency oh, yeah. in. Uh, he's Vegas. got his residency, but okay. In no way. Hang on. Is, Don't talk. I fucking. I, no, he actually yeah. does have a yeah. residency in Vegas. Like yeah, my cousin opens up. He for does. Him Wasn't in, he at Planet uh, Hollywood? I was. I, could, I don't know. It, I I don't I, I don't know where but, exactly, but like I know almost, my cousin opens almost, up. For do him do artists Vegas. even like having? I mean, don't get me wrong. The pay must be the pay. You know, good, but. Do artists, do artists like having residencies? Oh, yeah, dude. Are you like kidding a, me? Well, good, yeah, Britney like Spears. Like Stefani has one. They, well, they make Spears so much Vegas money. Too, yeah. Okay, so yeah, I'm saying the money aside, but it's like, outside of that, is it like, uh, it's, it's, is it the same as like, uh, like, Oh no! Like if act. Oh, I see what you're saying. You know, no, like there's certain, if if you're like an yeah. actor, aspiring actor, some actors be like, oh, don't just go on a TV show where you're going to play the same character. Like, like be an actual actor where you're going to take on methodically these different roles that are like really challenging. Whereas like, oh, don't just be a TV actor. No. It's like, like it's like it's like, like hey do you want to do you want to like be an actor for five years and then be a monument in a museum for 10 yeah. or do you want to just be a an actor for 10 years uh-huh like, yeah that's your call so i just don't know yeah like, i think it's an honor dude to get to get a I mean, residency what do you want to do like like a lot I'd of i'd like big, to see my face on a billboard as you're driving up to vegas either way yeah, you're gonna no, see you, well either like, way <laughs> you're gonna see your face on a billboard but like in what context no this knows you're gonna see your face on a billboard. Would not do you guys do you guys well know who billboard. carl cox <laughs> is have you heard of carl cox he's uh, a british no. he's a british dj no. he he uh he's he's kind of like you guys know who richie houghton is you've heard of richie houghton so these two guys were very very key players in like the early techno scene and house scene coming out of um, the UK and also out of like Detroit, Michigan. Mm-hmm. Oh, and okay. Early, early. early. So they're like early house. These are like, yeah. these guys are pioneers. Yeah. I, and these guys, if they get a residency in Vegas, you fucking bet your ass they're selling out these residencies uh, and they're making who know the, who those millions are, off this. And like, they don't just make, it's not just the paycheck they get. It's also like, all, all the the pampering they get just being in Vegas like they get like you know free hotels like everything they, they, they get is like free and some guys like Steve Aoki who I respect the hell out of you I don't like, like his music I don't like his music <laughs> I think his music is whatever he's a little he's a little uh rock and roll for you he's well I love I love his his underground his start was he was in a punk band he used to play punk bands yeah he's a he used to play in a punk he's band. A, he's a rock musician. He's he's a rocker at at his, in, at heart. He's yeah. he was in punk bands and he used to play shows like in his kitchen in like a tiny little house. Mm-hmm. He, he he. But his work ethic. He has a documentary called "I'll Sleep When I'm Dead." Like even if you don't know anything about him, just his work ethic is so impressive, and his devotion to music and just work and like making people happy is incredible. Oh, he's a solid person. Yeah, sure. but he has a he. Yeah. I don't know if he still has it. He he had a residency in Vegas to the point where he just moved. To that Vegas. was a couple of years ago, and I'm, he built a house yeah. in Vegas. He built he built his own house away from the strip, just so you know, like in a really nice neighborhood, like somewhere yeah. in the desert, and he just made it his own playground. And he's like, this is the life. Like, I have a residency. I live here. Like, my, my job is just down, like, the, the, the road or whatever. But because of his work ethic and his dedication to music and just making people happy, that guy has the life. And you got to respect that. But I mm-hmm. think his music sucks. Like, I, I, 
I mean, it doesn't oh, suck. I've, I'm not a but fan I just don't connect with it. To me, listening. it sucks. To me, it's just like, yeah, it's just, you know, I don't really, I'm not he's, really into this. But so. he's associated with so many, like, cool indie bands. Yes. Of, like, of our, of our era. Oh, for sure. That I'm, like, totally cool with. And he's responsible for, he's, he's very responsible for bringing a lot of bands that we love today to... To you fruition. Know, to fruition, really? like, yeah. For for jump uh, for jump starting their careers. Block it's, party? I'm pretty like sure is uh, one of them. I don't know about Block Party. Uh so he you know I'm he was pretty sure Block he was, Party. His was labels Dimock. Dimock was a huge Dimock. Um a Dimock lot of band a lot of bands you wouldn't expect were on were on Dimock's uh label. But he's responsible. Uh, oh, Crystal Castles. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, we all know who they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So Crystal Castles, they're they they came out of Dimock and you know, I think Stevie Oki is responsible for a lot of certain bands' mm-hmm. success. But yeah, I mean, I I don't I would never go buy any of his records. You know, I just I'm not into that his his style. And he gets he gets shit on a lot for like his his thing during his shows. Is he he throws cakes at people, you know, and a lot of DJs are is like, well, he's not DJing because he's not, he's not up there like spinning records. He's just hitting play and then throwing cakes at people in the crowd. <laughs> But hey, look! Look where it's taking him. It's successful, right? Uh, well, it depends on what you're. That's an extremely loaded question. Yeah, it's 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 definitely, it's it's definitely like is subjective. he is he presetting a bunch of shit and then throwing cakes at people, or did he just once hit play and then he gets to play with people? You, like, you'll never know. A lot of you know DJs, you know how it goes. Like, yeah, you could just hit play. You can tell. You can tell or the decks. you could like eventually like create a playlist and then like you eventually have a moment to throw cake at people. Well, he he probably he probably has a pre-recorded set and yeah, he hits play and he does like EQing, like filter effects, transitions, but he's not really selecting. Know, he's not so like real DJing is like you hit you you hit play on a song. Yeah. And then you go through as you're as you're spinning that current song, you 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 are you have a headphone in your ear. Yeah. Looking for the next record as fast as you can. You find it. You you tap the, the tempo button to match the tempo of that song. He's doing it. And then you but bleed he's actually into doing, it. He's actually making those movements. Right? I don't know. I don't know. I've never well, seen him what you just, just just described is like the that's DJing the physical movement of of a DJ. Yes, right? like, is that's he DJing. doing that? Is that is that what Skrillex is doing? Or is I don't that know. What fucking Tiesto is doing. Whoever, like, you have to like kind of you kind of have to have a good. Like we all Bird's know those DJs who decks. actually do those movements yeah. every time. They're not that famous. Right? If if they're if they're standing up there and they have they're, they're doing this, you know. Oh, sorry, I just hit the mic. If they're doing this, oh yeah, then you know they're actually they're stopping. They're they stopping are they're, they're finding the, the next song to work into the set, and and it, it, that's DJing is is what they're doing. But if a guy is up there and he's and he's just like clapping his hands and he's he's grabbing the mic like DJ uh, what's his name DJ Khaled, he's just like Khaled. You know? Oh fuck! <laughs> Bonafide hype man. Um, if 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 g- people are doing that, then they're not DJing. You ever watch that German channel of? Uh, it's like all tile walls and like there's like one light on the side. That sounds very familiar. God damn, I forgot the name of boiler it. room. <sighs> yeah, boiler room. Boiler room. Sets. I think yeah, it's boiler room. Yeah, yeah. Where it's just like whoever the DJ is, right? Like it's the same room, right? And it's just like this tiled room, mm-hmm. and. Sometimes it's two people. Usually it's one person just like cranking it out. Yeah. If someone has their attention on the decks at all times, they're they're DJing. For 80% of the time. Yeah. But if someone is 
throwing cakes at people in the audience or they're crowd surfing or no, they're not crowd surfing because there's no crowd or they're constantly talking yeah. to the audience with a microphone. Then they, they, they are hitting the play button and they're just letting their pre-recorded set go. And you know what? Like some people like that. They don't care. They're just there to like party. Are you cool with fun. that though? Are you cool with that? Like I'm not against it. Cause I'm not a DJ a pre-recorded play. You know, you're not a DJ, but you, you, but you DJ. I mean, it, it live, I would have to technically it's not what you DJ. Do, but you know how to do it. I know how to do it. It's generally kind of what you do, though, too. In music? Yeah, you DJ. You mean, in what regard? You, you create from other sounds. Like, like you're also creating the sounds yourself. Yeah. Like, like I'm, I'm sampling music. Like, uh, I have sa- like a sample pack of sounds that I use to create music, but that's not DJing. Yeah, I'm not saying that like you're re- like, cre- like recreating other people's sounds. I'm just right. saying that like you are using other sounds. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm using like a uh, a lot of my sounds are sounds that I've like mm. gotten from like sound packs to create the music, but that's not like oh, DJing no, no, no. per se. No, and that, and that was like. Sorry, that like that lost my my point altogether. So ignore that altogether. I guess what I could say uh, to your point is a DJ's job is to control a room, is to control the feeling, right? Yeah. That's it. That's what a DJ really does is they, they read the room and they know what music to play. And they're controlling the crowd, right? They're controlling yeah. the Yeah, that was they're controlling yeah, the room. So yeah. So that's yeah, in, what in I was that not it, trying to say. In that <laughs> sense, yeah, like when I when I when I when I, when it's safe to like play a live set or when I can like perform like if we can like play a set, me and Vinny one night, or if I do like a human offline show, then then yeah, like the aspect of my performance mm-hmm. would would have elements of a DJ set. Mm-hmm. because I have to blend one song into the next and I also have to control the room because I have to read people and know if like, okay, this song's not working. So I got to pick one that's going to be a little more energetic than this previous one. So like, you know, people are, I'm losing people. I got to, I got to keep them going. Yeah. You know? So you, you grew up in the, uh, I mean, you, you took exception to when I said candy kid, but like you grew yeah. up in the uh, early rave culture. Right. Yeah. Like, oh, I, like, I think you like, you like the rave rooms of like just people dancing, simply dancing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I was um I actually got into the rave scene right before it became like a corporate sponsored uh, Bud Light banners on the stage thing. I, I, I got into it yeah. maybe two years before it really, really blew up. And then I, I kind of segued into that whole culture of like, um, you know, uh, like EDC is now sponsored by like. Live Nation. Yeah, yeah. Like you're seeing like beer banners on stages or like fucking Allstate Insurance stages at EDM festivals. You're like, what the fuck? This isn't this isn't like raving. Yeah. Raving isn't you're in a dark warehouse with a DJ and lights and sweaty people and you're you're just dancing in the dark. That's a rave. Um no, I'm good. Thank you, thank you. Um but yeah, I guess in that regard, like yeah, DJing is all about controlling a crowd and feeling out the crowd to know what to play next, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but DJing is not hitting play once and then letting a, letting a, a, an hour long set you made in your bedroom play. And then like just interacting with the crowd. I mean, that that's more just kind of like performing and that's like putting on a show, but it's not DJing in my, in my opinion. I see that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause DJing is about knowing what to play next. You're, you're, you're invested in 
your equipment on stage reading a room that's that to me is DJing. but at the time at, at that same time that that like limits what your room is and your room is not always that your room is usually not that oh i mean today yeah a, a lot of people well, get booed today, off stage that, yeah, yeah. It, like there's this one guy i'll like just you're say usually it. not that but yeah sometimes you are that so it's okay but like how often is that the case today it's Would actually today it's actually it's it's um a lot more confrontational in a negative way. There's a guy, you can look this up. There's an artist. His name is Getter. Mm-hmm. He's on Dead Mouse's label, Mousetrap. Sorry, I think my phone's buzzing. That's no Victoria. Worries. I'll call her back in a second. Um, his name is Getter, and he, he makes like dubstep sounding electronic music. And what happened was he decided to make an ambient album because um, he wanted to do something different. He's like, I'm an artist, and this is what I, I feel like I have to output right now creatively. Mm-hmm. So he made like an ambient, beautiful, lush album. It's actually a really gorgeous album from a dubstep artist. You're like, holy shit, like this is nothing like him. And so he decided to take that on the road and do a tour. Mm-hmm. Guess what happened? He got booed off stage. Mm-hmm. I think people were even like throwing shit at him on stage because people went to his show expecting a getter, a getter show. Mm-hmm. Like headbanging dubstep, you know, fucking five ecstasy pills deep up in my head. Um, and people showed up and they hated what they got and they were, they booed him off stage and the guy went, the guy went away. He was so depressed and so just like heartbroken from that experience that he just didn't know like how to get back to his music. And so, yeah, it's like you go into a room, you got to read the room. But it's not always going to be that case, you know, because mm-hmm. this guy showed up with a set that was supposed to be this lush ambient soundscape and the fans didn't like it and they booed him off stage. And then they, they, they took it to the Internet and were just like shit talking him. And, you know, I think he even got like death threats, you know, in the in the age of the Internet, anything's possible. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't know. I guess my, my whole point is, yeah, you got to read a room when you perform. But at the Fair same enough. time, you got to You yeah. got to experiment because he that's what he tried to do. He tried to do something different and it backfired unfortunately but kudos to him for actually doing it you know he didn't like say well i don't know if i should do it because they're gonna i'm you know there's like potential to get booed off stage and i'm it's gonna ruin my career so i'm never gonna do that sort of thing but he, he still fucking did it mm-hmm. and I, I i respect him for that well you've got to like you've got to expect like respect uh initiative at yeah the very least right like you have to just like let what do you got like your initiative, however illogical it is, like okay, let's um, let's at least hear it out, right? Yeah, yeah. And he he never he unfortunately he like never got that chance. Well, no, is, yeah. It seems like he kind of did. Well, he got the chance to like do it, but no one cared, and and people were angry. Well, no one cared. Yeah, well, that's not his fault. Yeah, the the yeah. fans were not no happy. One cared. Uh, you know, it's, yeah, it's like the uh, fans weren't cool with an artist that they love and pay money for. You know, they buy his merch and they listen to his music and they support him. But they they probably, in a sense, felt betrayed by like, why am I? I came here for a dubstep show, not for, you know, fucking Hans Zimmer yeah. synthesizer <laughs> soundscape shit. And then and then he got booed and, and, and scolded for it. And mm. that's. That's I think that's just terrible to do, especially to an artist, you know, mm-hmm. like they're they're giving you their heart and their soul and then you just like shit on them for it. And then and then you just keep doing it until you get what you want. Fan service. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like that's just art. It is. But don't be a dick about it. You know, like, don't uh, well, don't go. Don't show well, up and throw bottles at a guy on stage. I hope they're not 
I hope they're not being a dick about it. But like, yeah, yeah, they're gonna be a dick about it. They will. Yeah, and you have to be prepared. And that's what me and Vinny kind of have to like prepare for. Is like why? I mean, well, no, no, no. My my point is, um, if we were to do a live show one day, we know that we're not gonna be able to please everyone in the room. Like if we have, if we invite all oh, yeah. our friends, you know you're not gonna do that. You don't do yeah. that now. Yeah. If if, if we invite currently do that so yeah we invite people and these people bring like plus ones and they're not into it you know like we're not gonna it's not like we're gonna go home and be mad or sad about it we're gonna just we're gonna be happy you at the fact yeah we're gonna be happy at the fact that we did what we did and we accomplished our goal and yeah we're not gonna please everyone you know and i i know like with my last ep um i'm very proud and happy with how it came out i struggle with the fact that like people aren't gonna like it because it's not, it's it's a little experimental in in a sense, but I had to accept it, you know, and be like, okay, yeah, it's pretty experimental. It's a, yeah, it's it's pretty yeah. experimental in, in in its own way. It's very experimental synthwave EP. Well, it, it and it serves a purpose. Yeah, it serves at least one purpose. Yeah, it might serve a couple, but like it definitely serves one. But it served my purpose, and to it me, that's, that's, that's all that like, matters. Yours was the first. Yeah, yours is the first that the yeah. only one that matters. But it, it, there comes a point where you have to think about not everyone is going to like this and that's okay. And you got to live with it. And that's just, that's the thing that artists have to realize. Yes. And like, yeah, 100%. I mean, obviously artists realize that. Not all artists, all artists realize that though. Is that like, it's not going to be good. Yeah. It's not going to be acceptable by people. I think a lot of people they get to a point where they accept that aspect of creating art. Cause I know when I first started, I really wanted people to like, like everything I was doing and I really wanted to be accepted and not read one thing of negative feedback because I'm like, you know, I, I felt like it was going to crush me and, and Vinny, I don't know if you feel the same way. Like when you were doing found and when you upload your videos, like your, your amazing videos of you playing piano, you know, you know, there's going to be an audience of people who, watch every single minute of it but then you're gonna there's gonna be an audience of people who watch like two seconds of it and just keep scrolling past it you know yeah. like you, you you know as an artist when yeah. you're putting art into the world there's gonna be there's gonna be two sides you know people who care and people who I don't honestly, and you gotta accept it i honestly think that like if you're doing anything different than what you grew up with like if you have an idea outside of what you know that you have an obligation to project it yeah I think if 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 you have a second of creativity, a a and any kind of modicum of creativity, I think you have an obligation to project it. Yeah. To mm-hmm. the world. I just. Yeah. I agree with that. I do that with pictures. I do that with. My, do that with I write, I write poems, and I don't care yeah. if people like them or if not. I just I just yeah. like to write them, and it's yeah. just like I don't. You got to stop. I've I've just learned to. I don't want to say like I stop. I don't care about what people think, but I just. I don't like, I just, I just realized like at this age now, a lot of people that follow me are like in the 30 somethings and they've got, they're starting families or doing this and they're not going to be as like invested in what I'm still diving all my time into. Like, it's okay. Like, cause mm-hmm. eventually, you know, I, I don't care about amassing all these people. Like, like even our past band, like mm-hmm. I want to keep all of our stuff on YouTube, not for my pleasure. But for the hope that someone could haphazardly stumble upon maybe a song and discover it, and it might, yeah, for it might the do something like good for them. Because I've discovered artists, our songs from decades ago, mm-hmm. and I finally discovered it. And it's like I, I believe in keeping that. So, you know, I just it's kind of the, from what Andrew's saying, it's 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 hard to just fully pinpoint how you feel about something. But 
I've learned to just not really care anymore about like, there's going to be people that don't like it and that's fine. Cause yeah. I, I have my own taste and stuff. I can't fully define why something stands out to me more than something else, but it's just, you just got to accept it. But for me, I, I just want to put stuff out and not, I just want to contribute. That's my ultimate goal. Is yeah, just, well said. And that is ultimately what I'm supporting is that just contribute. Don't 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 overthink it. Don't that, if you have something to. When I was in my early twenties, I cared about it. I cared it. deeply. I wanted people. I wanted people to feel the same amount of inspiration I had wanting making that music. But that's not their job. Their job's not to sit there and be as excited as I was when I was joining the band. You know what I mean? And, and yeah. being able to create. Like, can you? Isn't it amazing? Like, listen to this. Isn't it? It's like that's not their job. It's like, in the end, they they have a, they have a right to either like it or not for mm-hmm. whatever reason. Someone might be in a certain time in their life where it just not, no art speaks to them. And I've, I've clearly had that in my life. Have you been in that situation where no art spoke to you? Yeah. And it's not because it just not wasn't that good. Art eventually spoke to you. It wasn't because it wasn't good. No it's just, it was just the place I was in. I was just in a weird place where nothing. But no, because like me, no, I've always just been happy, kind of go lucky with like, I, I think about art first and foremost. And that's always been like mm. the center of my was life. Was there ever a point in your life where like art never spoke to you? Not eventually spoke to you, but there was never a time when I wasn't pursuing you. it because I was younger and I just didn't know it yet. But I've was always was there a point in life where art never, never spoke to you? Not eventually spoke to you, but never spoke to you. I don't. I don't think so. I've always been before. I before I had a before I had the uh, ability to make film. I've always been daydreaming movies. Mm. You know, I would sit in class and daydream films and make up movies in my head like and i'd always sit and look around and be like are other people doing this <laughs> is this normal <laughs> and i'm sure you feel like that was certain it's like you just start going like i'm just curious about that but i honestly think in my life like i've always had my inner voice has always been very imaginative no and that's and good like, because like both of you and that's are just all i know things yeah like and i think that, in the world that, of artists both of you all you know it becomes challenging when you're an artist when you suddenly are you suddenly have to confront at a certain age, the masses. And the I, masses I, I honestly and think that you go like, ah, should I keep doing this? Because it seems like this is just what you do now. Like you just do this. And it's in like, a sense, I can't do that. Unfortunately. I, I, I honestly think that if you have the capability of creating, I think you have the obligation of creating. I do too. It's my job. It's my, I was put, I don't like want to get too existential and are, stuff. You are capable of creating. I don't want to get too existential, nothing. but it's like I do believe I was put on this earth to just to, to, to create, to be an artist, to and not not even talking about commercial no, success I, as an artist. I, I I'm just my 100%. I'm supposed to make stuff and I'm not gonna waste yeah. this this lifetime, this opportunity that I've been dealt in li- in this life, whatever whatever happens after before I think, I'm gonna just yeah. be an artist. Do you know I don't are care. you a are you a fan of Carl Sagan? I'm a huge fan. I could I could quote literally the intros of chapters to you. His, his book his book really? changed, his book Cosmos Holy changed shit. my life. Okay, so think of uh, <laughs> two things changed my life: Carl, Cosmos and joining Jetpacks. Those are like the two big pivotal things in my twenties. Cosmos by Carl Sagan. I first discovered and Cosmos when I was like twenty, and that helped me through a lot. And then I joined the band, which was a huge. Because so I was at a huge. So I was in a weird you, junction in my life right before the band. I didn't know what I wanted to do anymore. And then it was either becoming an astronomer. No, or, it was either fall down a spiral of becoming nothing because I was losing inspiration and everything. But then he came into my life Interesting. and he said, Hey, I'm in a band. You should come check my band out. And I was like, obsessed. Andrew. Yeah. 
Andrew got you in the band. Yeah. We had a, no we, our, our our bassist. Uh, she had to quit because she was in he school. He invited me as a photographer. I, I went yeah. and took pictures of their band, and I, I fell in love with their music. I couldn't believe what I was hearing. And then the original the bassist was uh, a female. Yeah. Well, she was the second. The the we had we I had. I thought it was uh, one of you two. I didn't realize there was uh, another. Yeah, to that. he was he was the third, but who permanent. was the female? What was her name? Her name was Alyssa. Alyssa, Alyssa, what? Mendoza. Mendoza. Do you know her? No. Really, really nice girl. Really sweet girl. No, but she used to be the bassist. She was the yeah. ba- she was the second bassist. The first bassist. I was not aware of. Was this. a friend of ours named Joey. Let's give Alyssa Mendoza credit for this. Yeah, yeah. Joey, um, Joey left the band, and then Alyssa joined after Joey. And she was she was in the band for quite a while. She she never played any shows. Wait, no, she yeah she played a, our very first show on, on Fourth of July. It was like a house party show. It was a block party Fourth mm-hmm. of July in Mike Martinez's garage, and we 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 did that. That's when you took our photos. Yeah. And then uh, I was so fucking nervous. That was my first show ever, and That's I was great. like, Mike, don't put any lights show. on me. Like I, I just want to drum in the dark so no one can see me. <laughs> I was, was so great, nervous. Um, and then and then she left because she had to do she had to focus on school. And then that's when I think I was, I approached you and I was like, Hey, I mean, I, I heard him play guitar and piano and I mean, I think you said you played bass and then that's when I just asked if you want to join and the rest is history. Yeah. I'm, so I'm, I'm, I'm forever grateful for that. Damn. Because dude, I was, was that, is that simple? Yeah. Did uh, Vinny ever tell you how we ended up talking? You, you too? Yeah. No, I we, don't know your guys' story. We met. I think we met like briefly, like as the band was playing, because I I know Michael Martinez, because uh, I know his girlfriend for many years, Lauren, his wife now, right? Are they married? Yeah, they're yeah. married, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have married. five kids. I don't. Know fast. I don't know if they have five <laughs> kids. But <laughs> I know they're I'm kidding all that. <laughs> <laughs> they have uh, Tamagotchis. They're five. Babies. They at least have Tamagotchis. Yeah. So yeah. you knew Mike. That's how you guys. I knew connected. Mike. Well, yeah, or, I knew Lauren, who knew Mike, who knew Vinny. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. So, uh, what's my point with that? So, like, what was my point with that? How you two met? Yeah. So I met Vinny through the band and like it was one day that like uh before i like he's he's my uh first podcast guest <laughs> oh yeah my very first yeah yeah that place we we podcast at it was went out, uh went out of business. claremont claremont no it was something. in downtown upland yeah no mm-hmm. claremont you know we you said it was at a we bar saw right each other at in claremont we Craft met Hills. in claremont we yeah at claremont craft Hills, but it was we went we did the podcast in downtown yeah. upland I ran into him and I was like, hey, what's up, dude? I'm starting a podcast. Nice to meet you. <laughs> we didn't like, talk about anything. I had nothing to, to give guest. the listeners. I was just he was like, he was like, he was like, oh, you saw I my wasn't promoting play? shit. I was just there. No, we just it was, this was like post uh, Jetpacks. Jetpacks really. Yeah, we were just talking. We were like two Ben guys, had already broken up. Two guys, one cup. Yeah. <laughs> two guys, one podcast. <laughs> yes, that's what it should have been called. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was there with my buddy and I saw him and I was like, I told my friend, I was like, hey, that's that guy that I, like, I, I, I swear to God, I recognize him from that band. I remember that. I'm going to ask him. Yeah. yeah so I, I, I go up to him and I'm like, hey, your name is Vinny, right? And he's like, yeah. Who are you? And I'm like, oh, I'm Justin. I'm, I'm a friend of Mike's. I'm very bad with names, unfortunately. <laughs> so well, I, I was, you I, I, you were, you were to, at that point, you were hating. Well, you and I never actually met. Yeah, but I remember you, though. I, yeah, I, you were, you're. Your aura and everything about it was ingrained to me. So when I saw you, I was like, I know that guy, but I don't know his name. There's nothing That's a good sign. Like, hey. Yeah. 
You know, I'm good with no. I I remember people. I just don't remember the names. It's <laughs> That's a good terrible. sign because it's awful. I hate. Yeah, I'm like I'm that. better with faces than names. But I just uh, walk them. Hey, you. If you're out there, <laughs> you had a YouTube that used to be called a lost fan. If you're out there, please. Hey, if you're out there, fuck you. A underscore <laughs> yeah. underscore fan. That guy X was a psycho. Capital our, X, our first our, X. our first uh, our first shows we string of shows we played as jetpacks was there was a guy this older gentleman that was taking pictures of us while we were playing and then and, ap- and backstage when we were packing up our gear he came out and told us who he was and that he likes to support local bands and he wanted to interview us upon which he did and we were just these young stupid kids but he was he was you know he had this really crappy gear but he you know it made us feel special because we're like oh my god someone that we don't know is interested in in wanting to um, you know, give us a shout out and promote us. And yeah. the guy <laughs> shortly thereafter, he was in communication with you via YouTube, but he like had a bipolar thing going on where he became like very uh, hostile, hostile with like, if that? you didn't respond in a timely manner, he uh. kept getting on us and, and he just turned into an absolute psychopath. And I, all I remember was when, for anyone who's, was anyone who's a photographer that? out there, <laughs> if you're photographing bands, do not sit and use flash the entire show. Because he literally had this giant flash that would go off like every five seconds. And it's like, dude, I'm trying to play and I, you're, you're taking me I'm going to have to disagree with that. Um, if you're sometimes they need a flash. If you're in a poorly maybe lit, that guy like well that's here the venues here because these, it was, pic- these beautiful pictures you have is is the result of beautiful stage lighting which every uh, it's actually not Justin it was at the wire <laughs> when this guy was doing this and it was like it had light it had so much light already and he kept he yeah. kept using flash it, it was on one us. of those things where his flash was almost creating new light which yeah. which which which. His Be- light at the at the venue at the lighting wire is above would have created new the venue light. lighting mm-hmm. is above, so it's more interesting because it creates. How was shape. the light? Wait, the light at at the at the wire was good. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna overpraise it, but again, are you was, going to lit. acknowledge it? It was it was good. It was okay. If as a photographer, if I'm gonna film at You're, any venue, yeah. You're a photographer. You shot any some place shows. I go. Is that my a good first show? concern? Is is that I is that the light works? Is that is the ambient light ample enough? Was if the it's wires not, good? Then I have to use flash. Was the I don't wires good? Be, a, be the honest. wires was more than enough. Be honest. To, I'm being honest with you. The wires was more than enough that you could you could open the aperture wide open and use a mid like use a use it a usable ISO what? and do a good job. Two point eight at fifty doesn't matter. You don't <laughs> need to use flash. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Yeah, of course I matter. <laughs> let's just recap. Let's recap here though on that guy. I love because, you because because I. I have to tell you that I love video because he's one of the greatest. He's the photog- best, dude. He's one of the greatest photographers I've ever met in my life. Like, I mean, what can't, what can't like, Vinny do? That's God. my question. What can't he do? Hand to, like, I don't believe in God. Hand to figurative God. Vinny is one of the greatest photographers I've ever met. He is. And he acts like he's not. No, I, I, I. And it bothers me because he thinks he's not. Vinny is crucial to, like, my image <laughs> You know, it's like human offline. Like when we did that that dry lake that bed fun. shoot. I like the one in L.A. we did recently for yeah for towards darkness. We we wanted to we got inspiration from a Collateral uh, movie with Tom Cruise. Mm-hmm. A, lot, a lot of grain. Wait, you worked on Collateral? 
No, I, I. It was inspiration for was, our photo I was inspired shoots. by the film collateral to make oh. it look like we were still. Like, I got gotcha. you. Okay. And we went. We drove during I was COVID. Like, Wait a minute. Completely How empty. It was. You? It was Labor Day weekend. It was. It was like no one was it in was, L.A. Yeah. And there was no traffic. Desolate. You and I were just driving around, and it was like completely quiet. And we literally enjoyed, uh, just the city to ourselves. And it was, it was just quiet. A beautiful visual. Which is quiet, I, you could see. Desolate. You know, the pic, you, you've been posting the pictures on your on your. Uh, your Instagram. I have a few more. I, w- it, I have a few more that I haven't used yet. I really enjoyed yet. that shoot. And that yeah. shoot was all ambient light. I didn't use flash because the city was more than enough glowing for, for my liking. Yeah. And going back to that fan. He yeah. Did I want to, I want to, I want to touch on that for a second. He, he didn't need to use flash <laughs> at all. And he, he, I don't know the story better than you do, but you guys were in communication on YouTube. So what happened was, um, he, he took these really shitty videos of us where it was like all treble, no bass, and yeah, he, his, he had a condenser mic that had like no. Yeah, he was, he kept. He, he showed us one of his videos he did, and all you hear is just the high, the <laughs> yeah, highest frequency, the high end, <laughs> like like ten thousand hertz and up. And that's it. Nothing below ten thousand hertz. Terrible. But but like he he took these videos of us performing, and then he hyped them up, and then he did like a little after video shoot with us outside, mm-hmm. and he kept like I think he kept trying to like make himself sound bigger than he was by saying he has a YouTube channel. He has like X amount of followers. Uh, <laughs> he takes, he, he just like, he was just like hyping himself up. He was selling himself to us. So, you know, we were like, that young. Seems like your style, not his. What's that? That seems like your style, not his. What do you mean? I don't know. I feel like you would tell me that not him. He just seems like shyer than you. Are. Like oh, you're, you're oh, yeah, shy. Yeah. You're like, you're pretty shy, but it seems like he's shyer. I, I am very naturally shy, but and like I'm the kind of guy you have to come to me before I come to you. Yeah, sort of no, thing. no, that's exactly yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, I would have to come to you for that, right? But he would have that like in the holster, like later on, like you'd find out that like that he's hiding shit. I don't know, but I feel no. like yeah, I feel like uh, that whole lost fan thing was was uh, a shit show. And what happened? What happened was. After our, our uh, we played our show, it's when he sent us the first video, and we're like, uh, this is like whatever. It's like, it's not that great. We thought it was going to be better than this. Because all he was doing, dude, was zooming in on a- each of us individually, like one no at cuts. a time. There was no There's cuts. no cutting. It, it was, was just, just zoom like, out. Okay, Andrew, zoom, zoom like, out. Okay, Vinny, zoom, like zoom out. It was video footage from mm. the 80s. That's know? how he was, was filming like, it. So what was happened really was bad. we replied, I think we replied, I replied back the first time, and I would always Kindly. sign off with like Dash Andrew. And I would kindly reply, and um, and then like a day or two goes by, and then um, Mike Mike Martinez replied the, the second time, and then I replied the third time, and he got really uh, agitated that he kept talking to two different bandmates, uh, and so he got I'm he, talking he, to a band, but dude, and different members are talking to me. <laughs> it was like a light switch. He like when he just went crazy after that. He went off on us, and he then he started saying we we suck, we sound like shit, uh, whatever. And then so I got really fucking mad. That's bullshit because both of you are great. Thank you. I got really pissed off, and I just like I. That's when I just started like. I I, I can't remember what I said, but I just, I was just clowning on him and just just saying like your videos suck ass. Like I I don't know I can't remember what he I said. said like, and he said you guys are never nine years ago to anything. Yeah, he said and we're he never going to succeed. And he was right. <laughs> <laughs> in the end, in the end, he got the last laugh. Oh, no. But he's in his grave somewhere laughing at us. No, dude, he's Rest he's he's probably. Okay. I don't know what the fuck he's doing now, but I don't know. But but he, was, that guy sucked. That is one of my Lost favorite fan. damn memories in the band was the, yeah, name a Lost fan, and he truly was. And 
I, I, I still go down to, cause I go running down there sometimes and I'll be in downtown Upland and I, I see the, where the wire was. And I even see where that back alleyway where we were interviewed. And I just, I just, it's a beautiful memory. I, it'll always be ingrained as long as I have marbles in my head. Yeah. Just a fun, those fun bumps in the roads that I think are unavoidable when you're in a band or when you're an artist, there's, there's unavoidable bumps you're going to hit. And, and when you look back at them, they always, for me, I just laugh. Yeah. <laughs> Cause there was a time at, at first when we genuinely were like concerned, like, Oh my God, this guy's really getting irate with us. But now when I look back and I just realize, no, this guy was a psychopath. He was a lost fan. He was his, 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 his username totally implied. lost, lost fan from a lost mind. And I wish, <laughs> I wish I could like, I don't know if Mike still has access to all the I have. Jetpacks. I got on. I we 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 recently did. We you got did back on. I, we were, he was able to get us back on, and I looked through, and I didn't Nothing? find anything. Fuck. No, but I, you know, I would love to see what how that conversation went. I mean, I, I can't recall what I said. I, I the just, problem I just with fired, YouTube I fired is back. what happened was I looked for it, but YouTube constantly changes its layout. Yeah, and I even looked on Google and on Reddit, and there were people on message threads going, "Hey, I, what happened to my old message?" It's like they got they just got rid of them. They got rid of them. Like you I can't don't know. even access them because I always find a challenge every time I go on YouTube when I do upload stuff. They like they change it around. I'm like, wait. I used to be able to, to upload videos like this. What, where is it at now? Like they just constantly change it and it's, you know, well, lost fan, you won in the end. You got the last laugh. <laughs> if you're out there and listen to this, fuck you. Your videos suck. <laughs> <laughs> Cause you're, you're, I guarantee you could probably creep. No, it sucks. I wish he would have, cause you think like most people, even if people abandon YouTube, it's not like they delete. No one usually deletes their account on YouTube. They just leave it up. It's just there. So, not it, a, but he obviously some... went in and deleted it because maybe if you do, I've never tried this, but uh, if you type in old wire performances from 2010, that was when he was doing those. So maybe you could actually find his videos. It was still. 2011. Was it 2011? It was 2011. Okay, it was yeah. 2011 because the band formed and I formed at the tail end of 2010. Yeah, the band. The band. Yeah, truly I joined in the summer of in 2009, but we were Michael Bay Explosions back then. Okay, Michael Bay. <laughs> yeah, that, was, <laughs> that was the running title back then. Well, he told me that, but I was like, dude, I don't, I don't think that that name just doesn't roll off the tongue. Like, you need something that has like a rhythm to it. uh, Grim rhythm. Yes. Well, gentlemen, I have to leave uh, in a minute. Uh, The missus is waiting for me, and I got to work tomorrow. Yeah, I think we filled in a... That's a a very long... Yeah, this is the longest one I think we've done so far. This was about uh, Return of the King. Two and a half hours. Is this Return of the King, or no, this is two towers? Return is three and a half hours, I think. Did we do a a theatrical two towers? This is Matrix Reloaded, front time. This is... Two and a half. This What's up? This is. Uh, well, I was trying to turn in my password, and I just realized I can't do it. Um, oh, yeah. What happened? No, I just can't remember the password. It's just, oh, it password one two three four. Is it uh, password sixty nine sixty nine? You get in? No, nope. It's uh, what is it, Andrew? Oh, I know what it is. It's towards darkness coming out December second. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, here we go. We got we forgot the plug. <laughs> So yeah, uh, our new single comes out on try oh, hu- yeah, Wednesday. <laughs> Wait, Justin, try human offline as your password. Try human offline. If that doesn't work, try towards darkness. I oh, know I tried if human that offline doesn't work, and it doesn't work. Type in drops Fuck. December 2nd. And then if that doesn't work, put on all streaming platforms. <laughs> <laughs> please, please, I don't even remember what I was please buy about. our music. No, uh, yeah, I'm I, okay. So I, the best way to get in here, if you can't remember your password, the best way to get in is I usually get in my computer with a hammer. Smash no. it with a hammer. What's so funny is that like the most, like one of the most recent, I, I uh, was 
and interviewing this guy named uh, L. Bell. L. Bell. And he's like, three times he was like, can we talk about the record? Like during the... Oh, know, yeah. He's like, three times. At, you, at, you like refused. at three points, he was like, can we talk about the record? And we're like, yeah, let's talk about that. And then by the third time, we eventually talked about the record it's fine it's it's fine i mean most imagine podcasts don't even get so to the subject until like halfway or near the end with you just about them i think i think in this episode there's something for everyone that's going to listen to oh this. there is 100 there's so much in here but to unload but let's end it with a quick with the recap just with, about, well, I'll let with, Andrew with take the single this. that you're that you're putting down well yeah Talk um the single is coming out this wednesday uh wednesday. december 2nd uh, mm-hmm. on all streaming platforms um, you this can pre is a human offline or is yeah. this a collaboration? This is, this is this is a collab. Well, it's it is it is under my artist name, Human Offline, but it's a collaboration once again with Vinny Macias, a very talented musician, photographer, director, producer, writer. You fucking name it. This guy can do everything. Um, he really can. He really can. Oh, and and I feel like if he doesn't know something, he could figure it out in like in like a day and then master it. But we worked on our new track together. Um, our second collaboration, many more to come, but uh, this is definitely a song that we d- wanted to put out in December because uh, I feel like it really fits cold weather really nicely, especially you know late at night when you're d- driving alone in, in the dark or something. Mm-hmm. But I feel like this song definitely takes you on an emotional mini mini journey of you know light and darkness and finding a way out of that darkness no matter what. And uh, it was very. Very, very rewarding to work with Vinny again. I love working with you. And Justin, I uh, love coming on your podcast. And I, I love Thanks for coming I love on, the fact man. that you got a Patreon and that you know you interview indie <laughs> Thank artists. Thank you for being the only Patreon. Hey, man. One, it's, <laughs> I'm the first, but not the last, right? There's going to be many more to come. I but certainly hope so. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just happy to be collaborating with people like you guys and, and getting our art and our creativity out there. And... Uh, I appreciate you both, and I guess I'll just go fuck myself now.